Hello to all you Eagles fans out there. This is episode two of the Missing Link Podcast. Your connection to the Eagles through the eyes of a fan. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be reviewing a very exciting 32-27 victory over the Washington Redskins. The Eagles start their season with a big win. Let's get into it now. What a roller coaster of a win this week. Fly, Eagles fly, baby! Sorry, I had to get that out of my system. I, as I'm sure many of you did, sat down, getting ready for a week one, super excited, got my beers, got my food, let's do this. Quarter one, awful. Absolutely awful. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, oh my god, like, we're gonna blow this. We have no idea what we're doing out there. Play calling doesn't make a lot of sense. That's an awful lot of Darren Sproles I'm seeing. Quarter two rolls around. Oh, okay, well, I guess this is just how the is gonna be. I really hope that they're in the second half. We were able to get this thing together. We come out in the second half, start to put together the game plan, start running it, start throwing it to Deshaun, doing the things that we should have been doing all along, and we ended up on the other side of this okay. But man, was that a heck of a bad first half, and did that second half more than make up for it. So first, I'd like to give a congratulations to the Washington Redskins. I think it's pretty obvious that the talent disparity was there. The Eagles have a better roster, the Eagles have a better quarterback. And it sure didn't look like that for two quarters. I mean, they threw everything they could at us. Case Keenum was lightning sharp. He was 30 for 45 for 380 yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was only sacked once. But he had 115 passer rating. So kudos to you, Case Keenum. Last time you were at the link... You sure didn't have a game like that. I'm sure it was a mental hurdle for you to get over, and you were out there dealing, but guys, 10 carries, 18 yards. Chris Thompson got three more carries for 10 yards, so overall, they only ran the ball 13 times. A lot of that had to do with being behind in the second half after the Eagles got rolling, but kudos to their receivers. McLaurin had five receptions, 125 yards with one touchdown with a 70-yard bomb, which I'm sure you all remember on Brazil Douglas. Thompson had quite a few catches. Vernon Davis had that giant run after catch in the first quarter, and overall their rookie receivers really dealed and showed up. I want to say, after the last podcast, maybe I was a little harsh on the Redskins offense. Maybe without Jordan Reed might be a good thing, because you have all these receivers gaining valuable experience throughout the rest of the season. Tough game, and that's all you can really ask for from a group when the talent disparity is this wide. Let's take a look at how we got to this victory. So we're going to start in the first quarter where it all began. The Redskins started out very hot. Darius Geis was running the ball well, caught a couple passes in the flat, they were driving, and then Case Keenum throws up a 49-yard touchdown pass to Vernon Davis, the ageless wonder at 35, complete with a double dose of awfulness from Andrew Sandejo, the backup safety. Not only did he whiff on his flat responsibilities, he fell right before the catch was made, but then he had an opportunity to redeem himself because Vernon Davis jumped over and was wide up in the air, ready to get hit. Andrew Sandejo bounces off of him, and then he runs for a long touchdown. So not only are you not covering you know, your responsibility, when you get an opportunity to make the tackle, you bounce right off of him even though the guy's in midair. Vernon Davis is obviously a good player, but you can't, especially in Andrew Sandejo's situation, let that happen on the opening drive. You might not be aware of this, but Andrew Sandejo, if we cut him, we will be able to get a fourth round compensation pick next year for him if we cut him for the 10th week of the season. 
So I can tell you right right then and there, as soon as that play happened, I was ready to cut him. You know, let's put in Jonathan Cyprian. You know, let's let's get Trey Boston back. You know, like let's put somebody else in there because if that's the kind of play you're going to have and that's the kind of pass you're going to give up from your third spot at the safety position, I don't want you on the team, my friend. So the Redskins are up 7-0, and you're probably thinking the same thing I am. Well, that's not exactly the way I saw the game starting out, but let's see what the Eagles' offense can do, right? That's the strength of the team. Carson has all these new toys. What happened was Deshaun had a great catch to start, got the crowd pumped up, and then he committed a personal foul with his cornerback by pushing and shoving and doing the things that football players do, especially wide receivers and cornerbacks from time to time. It really should have been called on both players, but it's not really the point you are down seven nothing and a quarterback shoving you i mean take the 15 yards you don't need to come back at the guy and push and shove and get caught so then we have a big third and eight completion in case keenum darby misses an interception down in the red zone during this series we also give up two and 20 which ends up being a first down for them we just could not get any pressure on case keenum whatsoever pocket was clean he was picking us apart and any quarterback can sit back there and play patty cake and pick you apart if you're not going to put anybody in his face so there was no blitzing Jim Schwartz puts everyone back in coverage, making sure to stay with receivers, which they were not doing. And again, these are rookie receivers, not exactly people you should be scared of, and yet they were torching us. Brandon Graham luckily has a big stop on a Vernon Davis screen, which leads to a Hopkins field goal for them. So now the Redskins are up 10-0. to zero. Okay, so we held them to a field goal. Eagles offense, let's get out there and show them what we can do. We start driving in the first quarter, right before the end, and this is very big. Jonathan Allen gets hurt. This is one of the turning points of the game. Jonathan Allen is a defensive lineman for the Redskins. He's a very good player, especially in the running game, which when we get into quarters three and four, you'll start to see that some of those big runs that were happening were through the middle and to the right-hand side. And that's because Jonathan Allen wasn't there. He was sitting on the sidelines. So even though things aren't necessarily going our way, that injury will be key going further into the game. Back to the Eagles drive. Jordan Howard had a catch and a run for a first down. I think one thing I can really take away from this game is Jordan Howard is a player. He might not be flashy. He's not going to run for 70 yards or anything like that. But the guy pushes piles. He knows his angles. And every time he touched the ball, he was playing his butt off. So the running back by committee approach in the first half was not working. I think that has a lot to do with an over-reliance on Darren Sproles. I think they figured that out after halftime. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the second quarter. But the first quarter ends with Doug Peterson going for it on fourth down inside a field goal range. It was about a 53-yarder for Jake Elliott, but they decided to go for it on a long two. Passes batted down at the line, turnover on downs, and now the Redskins have the ball to start in the second quarter. I don't hate this decision. I mean, it obviously played dividends for them in the third quarter. You want to see the Doug Peterson trust his kicker, and, you know, 53 is kind of a long kick, especially for Elliott, who can be a little bit erratic. So overall, I'm frustrated at this point, but I don't blame Doug for going it on fourth down there. I think it was a good call. And quickly, all those rational thoughts leave me, and I start screaming at my television when there is a 70-yard touchdown to McLaurin beating Razul Douglas on a post. I was just, I could not believe it, right? These Redskins receivers, who are mostly rookies and journeymen, were absolutely torching the Eagles secondary. Not sure why Razul Douglas is guarding on an island against a speedster with 70 yards behind him with no safety help. Not one of Jim Swartz's best ideas. That and his picket fence defense can get the hell out of here. The Eagles are getting zero pressure. Sure looking like they're missing Chris Long at this point. It's just a field day back there for Case Keenum. The guy's not getting touched. Even when he gets blitzed, that left side of the offensive line of the Redskins, which I touted earlier this week as weak, which it is, Donald Penn, Eric Flowers, Holden Strong against Derek Barnett, 
it just wasn't happening. And when you don't get any pressure on the quarterback, this is exactly what's going to happen. You can let those long developing routes go. The post is a three, four second drop. And if you're sitting back there waiting, it's very easy to get that over the top because no one's in your face. And with no safety help, of course, a post is going to beat the cornerback. I think this all stems back to pressure. This stands back to not getting enough, whether that's through blitzing or just organically through the front four. And I place a lot of this blame of this first half and these disappointments on that defensive line. Let's fast forward a little bit to five minutes left in the second quarter. Carson Wentz really starts to pinpoint his accuracy. So even though this was an incompletion, that pass down the left sideline to Dallas Goddard was a dime. He got drilled. He actually almost caught it over his shoulder, which isn't easy to do, but the safety absolutely leveled him in a clean way, disengaged him from the ball. That happens. This is football. But the pass was completely on, and Goddard was completely locked in there on that catch, which warms Carson up for a 51-yard beautiful pass to Deshaun Jackson. He's back, baby. Gets back behind Josh Norman. Easy pickings. He was in a bunch formation, runs straight down the center of the field. Norman sees the pass the whole way, but you let Deshaun get behind you, it's over. And Carson put it exactly where he needed to. I'm not sure what the Redskins were doing there. Zero safety help. Maybe they thought he was going to do something else, but he runs right by the defense. Still at 32 years old. No one can keep up with that guy on the Redskins defense. The Eagles are finally on the board, only down 17-7. to This newfound momentum is quickly dried up, however. We stop him on the very next drive, get the ball back, and then during our two-minute offense, if you want to even call it that, on third down in the shadow of our own goalpost, we decided to throw a screen on third down, which is essentially waving the white flag. Here you go, Redskins. Go ahead. Take the ball. Let's take some knees. Let's go into halftime. I hate when teams do that stuff. Like, you have to try to at least score. You can't just sit there, throw screens on third down. That makes it so easy for the defense. I know you don't want to throw interceptions, but... Carson, you have to trust. you got to be honest, okay, if it's not there, he's going to throw it away. He's going to throw it at their feet. You can't be playing scared. And clearly they changed it coming out of the third quarter, but in the end of this quarter, especially with the momentum that you had in your corner, I very much disagree with just throwing a screen and hoping for the best. And then it really backfired. They punt the ball. Redskins get it. They start driving down the field. A couple mistakes are made, like calling timeout on the third and four. You're getting crushed and cut up this entire half. Why are you giving them another timeout? What leads you to believe that your defense is going to be able to stop them? And plus, on the last offensive possession, it's not like you were being super aggressive anyway. You just want to go into halftime. So the Redskins come down, 53-yard field goal. I'm not sure what Derek Barnett decided to do at the end of the half there. He was trying to, like, hit the ball for the spike or something. But it turns from a 53-yard field goal to a 48, which they then make. So now the Eagles are down 20-7 to going into half, and rightfully so, all the fans are booing them as they go into the locker room. So during halftime, I'm not sure if Doug Peterson gave his team ice cream, I'm not sure if he yelled at them, I'm not sure if he gave them all hugs. But I will say that the team that came out of that tunnel for the second half was a much more complete, disciplined, and better team than the one that started this game. So after receiving the second half kickoff, despite me tweeting out that Darren Sproles was getting way too many carries and way too much of a focus in this game... They started off the first play with a carry to Darren Sproles for three yards, LOL, run with Miles Sanders, and then another run for Darren Sproles on a third and five, LOL. So he gained four yards. They're set up for a fourth and one. The announcers are saying, hey, punt the ball. Why are you going to go for it here? But Doug Peterson trusts his team, trusts this offense, lines up for a fourth down conversion with a QB sneak, which turned around the momentum of this game. Immediately following that, There's a great pass from Carson to Alshon Jeffrey for 12 yards. And Darren Sproles must have heard me during halftime and said, you know what, Josh, I can still run the ball at 36 years old, so why don't you shut your damn mouth? 
ran for eight yards, then followed by 17 more on the next carry. Miles Sanders then runs up the middle for 19 yards to the three-yard line. And I think it was noticeable during the game that Miles Sanders and even Jordan Howard had much more of a burst when they ran the ball as compared to Darren Sproles, which, that makes sense. He's very old, Doug. Why are you handing this guy the ball 15 times a game? He's not going to last through week four if you keep up with this usage. So we're on the three-guard line. Try a couple of runs, not working out. Then Carson rolls out to the right. Looks just like the 2017 version of Carson Wentz. Rolling out to the right. Throws a perfect pass to Alshon Jeffrey right in the back of the end zone. And the Eagles are on the board. So now we're looking at 20-14. to 14. Redskins are still leading. The defense forces a three and out. So now we're really cooking with gas. You know, the ice cream and the hugs at halftime worked. Offense gets the ball back, and all it takes is three plays, 53 yards. Huge, huge play to Deshaun Jackson. He's rolling around in the end zone celebrating. I'm rolling around in my living room celebrating. It's great to have Deshaun back, man. I mean, cutting him all those years ago with Chip Kelly was a huge, huge mistake. Mia culpa. Sorry, Deshaun. We really missed you. First time in his career, he's had two 50-yard catches in one game. And now the Eagles are rolling. We're up 21-20. All the momentum is off of the Redskins side and firmly with the Eagles. Let's freaking go, Birds. I'm so hype at this point. And the good times keep rolling. The Eagles defense forces another three and out. Deshaun Jackson on the ensuing offensive series has a 19-yard catch. Miles Sanders looks great running the ball, looking very smooth in his pass blocking. Doesn't look like a rookie out there. And Zach Ertz has a great catch where he dives and comes up a little bit short, so they set up a first and goal. So now we're in the fourth quarter, and the first play is an Alshon Jeffrey rush. It was a pass, but it was behind the line of scrimmage, so it counted as a rush for him. Sorry, Carson Wentz fantasy owners, a.k.a. me. And then we get a two-point conversion from Darren Sproles. Now the Eagles are up 29-20. to Now this is the Eagles team I was expecting. I'm running around my living room. I'm yelling. I'm screaming. I'm texting everybody. Let's effing go. Go birds. Fly eagles fly. We're all excited. The link's going crazy. Fight song's playing. We're all feeling good out there. 29-20. Let's close this game out now, guys. The Redskins punt on the ensuing possession. And when the Eagles get the ball back, this is where the game is won. They go on a 19-play, 74-yard drive that ate up nine minutes in the fourth quarter. Some highlights include... Wentz rolling out to his left and hitting Zach Ertz for a first down. Miles Sanders had a touchdown run called back because J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the rookie wide receiver, was called for holding. But it wasn't a hold. Josh Norman just sold it super well, which that's a veteran move. But he cut between two defenders on the right-hand side, ran for a touchdown. Feel really bad for him that he didn't get his first touchdown today. If that's any indication of the way he's going to be running, he's going to have plenty more to come this rookie season. That is not something we're used to seeing in Eagle Green. It's good to have someone finally in the backfield that's young, has some juice, has some cutting ability, and apparently is a fantastic pass blocker because they really trusted him this entire game on those third downs to provide that, and he followed through every single time. So the Eagles have to settle for a Jake Elliott field goal, so now they're up 32-20. to The Redskins close this game out by going on a 16-play, 75-yard drive themselves. Goes over three minutes. They score at the end just despite everyone who betted against them in Vegas. Uh, the house always wins. The Eagles were 10 point favorites. They were up by 12, and I'm sure that last minute touchdown led to a few broken TVs or at least some remotes. <laughs> but uh, the onside kick was caught by Nate Jerry. I can't believe he's on the hands team, but there he was. Great job. And so the Eagles win 32 27. 1 0 in the NFC East, 1 0 in the NFC. And it feels good to be tied for the best record in football. When you look at some of these statistics, Carson, for example, was 28 of 39, 313 yards with three touchdowns. That's good for a 121 QB rating. 
He had a fantastic second half. No major mistakes in the first half, but it's not like the offense was really humming in any way, shape, or form. Whether it was rolling left, right, center, the deep throws, all these things, even that pass to Goddard, he was really on point and he was very sharp. This looks much more like the 2017 Carson than the 2018. He looks fully healthy, he looks confident, he looks in command. And if this is the way that he's going to play from here on out, the MVP type season that all of us are kind of expecting out of him is definitely within reach. Let's also give it up for the guys up front, because there was only one sack in this game, and it's not like it really mattered. They kept Carson clean, but they really opened up holes in the run game as well. Darren Sproles, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, all of them had individual points where they shined during this game. Sproles had nine carries with three catches. I think that's too much, as I've kind of alluded to throughout this. He's old. He's 36. You want to make sure that you keep him healthy. You want to make sure that you keep him as a change of pace and someone that you can really rely on in those one or two plays a game that you feel like you absolutely need him. If you keep giving him this kind of a workload, he's not going to last. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to keep him out there when you have Jordan Howard playing really well. He only had six carries. Miles Sanders played really well, only had 11. The overall rushing attack was 31 carries for 123 yards. That's good for a four-yard average, which is great, with one touchdown. And that's very encouraging, and that's something to build off of. Having a running game is really going to take a lot of pressure off of Carson, but I think the breakdown between the running backs, Jordan Howard, even with those six carries, averaged 7.3. And that, it was noticeable during the game when him or Sanders got a carry. There was a noticeable burst. They really brought something to the table that I'd like to see a lot more of. As the committee goes, as they start to kind of feel out what they have, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders should be more involved in the run game moving forward. Let's get to the real highlight of the Eagles offense, which was the wide receivers, and specifically Deshaun Jackson. Really missed you. So glad to have you back home. Eight catches, 154 yards with two touchdowns, and again, as I mentioned earlier, two receptions over 50 yards, first time in his career. I wasn't expecting quite as heavy of a focus. I predicted during the last podcast three catches for 100 yards with two touchdowns, but I'll take the eight catches for 50 more yards. (laughs) That was a great opportunity to show the world that, hey, he's still fast. He's still out there catching bombs, and I don't know what they were doing with him in Tampa Bay, but clearly they were misusing him. Having someone like Carson to throw these passes, especially when he's on the way he was today, very dangerous combination, especially in conjunction with Ertz, who had five catches for 54 yards. Not as involved as he was last year, which is probably a good thing. You want to spread the ball around a little bit more, makes you more dangerous. And Alshon Jeffrey had a great game, five catches, 49 yards with that touchdown. And he had that rush. RIP my fantasy points. Eagles defense doesn't have too much to write home about. The only sack of the game was by Timmy Jernigan right before the second half, which ended up not mattering. And so no interceptions, no turnovers by either team in this game. Pretty clean in that way. The defense honestly worries me. I don't know what it is about Jim Schwartz's defenses. Even go back to the season where we won the Super Bowl. It's not like he had great coverage schemes. That picket fence shit that he keeps doing when it's third and past six yards is getting so annoying not stopping anyone. It's not like it's a situation where, oh, we're playing Atlanta, who is next week's opponent, and I'm terrified of what their receivers can do to us. This is the Washington Redskins, minus their best receiver in Jordan Reed, and you let three rookies absolutely carve you up. We have a lot better opponents this year, and if this is the way that we're going to be playing, Carson's going to have to score 45 a game just to keep up. I'm not really encouraged at all by this defensive performance. One of the overall takeaways you can have is mental toughness, when you're down 17 nothing, bad teams fold. Bad teams say, oh, we're at home. An inferior opponent is going up on us. 
let's all implode. That's not what they decided to do. The leadership on this team is strong. They came out, scored before the end of the second half, still gave up the field goal, but then made the adjustments necessary at halftime to come out, put it to the Redskins, play their game, run the ball, don't throw third down screens to Darren Sproles in the flat, and you see what can happen. Carson really drove the bus when it comes to these scoring opportunities because of his pinpoint accuracy on the long balls, because we had that added verticality with Deshaun Jackson, really opened up the underneath routes for Jeffrey, for Ertz, and Goddard. And even some of the runs that we had, even that touchdown one that was called back, shows encouraging signs that when this offensive machine is running and playing at its absolute potential, it can be pretty scary. I don't really want to put too much stock in the way that this first half happened, whether that's preseason nerves, whether that's just not practicing in a way where, I don't know, they weren't expecting the Redskins to come out this strong. The defense overall worries me because of the performance in the second half, because it wasn't like they really stopped them. There were a couple of third down stops, but the offense is really what got this game turned around. The offense moving forward, I feel very good about because you got through the lumps. Atlanta gave up 28 points to Kirk Cousins. So I'm not too worried about the offense next week, but I'm absolutely terrified about what Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley can do to the Eagles defense. We will talk more about that on Friday with our preview for the Atlanta game. But my main takeaways are this is a playoff team. They played like it. They didn't let the early onslaught of points get them down. They came back. They did what they had to do. The talent disparity was very obvious, especially when the offense started rolling. You could tell that these were two different leagues of teams. And even though the Redskins gave a great game and deserve kudos for putting on the performance that they did, the Eagles have higher aspirations. And playing that first half against any of these playoff teams, especially next week, is going to get your ass kicked. So don't come out flat. Make sure you're prepared. Get that defense in order. The encouraging signs on offense show we can win a shootout with anyone, especially as these young backs and the idea behind the team and what we want to do with them moving forward really pans out. Having Deshaun back for that vertical element, Alshon, Ertz, Goddard all look great. Offensive line held up really well against a good defensive front, even though it was minus that Jonathan Allen injury. The Eagles are 1-0, and they're going to be playing a great team next week, so let's bring on Atlanta. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Missing Link Podcast. The overwhelming support, words of encouragement, and interest in the first episode and this project in general has been overwhelming, so thank you guys so much. If you could take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast on the app that you're listening to it on, that would be greatly appreciated, and to share this with any Eagles fans you have in your life. Thank you guys again, and I'll see you this Friday for a preview against Atlanta.